Hey there, ho there, how do you do? We're back on a Tuesday from us to you. <laughs> I am speechless at <laughs> what just happened. I didn't expect it to end with a rhyme. I, I thought of the rhyme mid-sentence. I was going to ask you that's premeditated. Nope. Anyway, if you're wondering what the heck this is, it's Doable Discipleship. It's a Saddleback Church podcast and YouTube show designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, or as we so affectionately call it... The show that helps you grow. <laughs> oh, shorter this time. like it. Uh, today, we're in part two of a three-part series where we're busting some Christian myths. Now, these aren't myths in the sense that Christianity is a myth. Yeah, they're not They're myths in the sense story. that these are myths that are sometimes falsely connected to the Christian life. So we're breaking myths about the Bible. We're breaking myths about the Christian life, about uh, it, all other things we, associated with what we do. We are turning things on their head going, hey, that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. And uh, Sometimes we let it slide. You know, we're talking with somebody. They say something that's totally bogus. We're like, all right, well, we're not going to just... We're not going to... All right, we won't go after that right now, yeah. but this okay, is the series. Okay, Muriel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean, it's not a real thing. <laughs> okay, Uncle John. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is our opportunity to say, look, we got to stare these myths right in the face and bust them, and that's what we're going to be doing. So uh, we've been doing... We're doing three myths per episode. We did three last week with our buddy Kevin Wynn. Today, we're doing three more, and uh, I'll let Jason tell you about that. Yeah, we are excited to have a great friend of ours, DJ Crawford, pastor of Saddleback Church, Irvine North. Shout out to Irvine North. Holler. And um, he is going to be joining us to bust a couple of myths that Frankly, they need before. busting. They need busting. They don't deserve to stand. I don't like how these myths are looking at me. It's time yeah. to bust their chops. Do you feel lucky? No, you're about to get busted. <laughs> Perfect quotation of that movie. Yep. All right. Uh, hey, stick with us. DJ's coming. Hey, we're back with DJ Crawford. DJ, thanks for coming, dude. Hey, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Excited to chat with you. So as we said, you're the campus pastor for our Irvine North Campus. Yes. I know that you can probably make an easy case that it's the greatest of all the campuses. Oh, of course. What's what's the thing that you just love the most about it? I think I love the fact that um, we're right in the community. We're at Northwood High School, and yeah. it's the residential side of Irvine, and it's really United Nations, right? So yeah. when we talk about one of the big values at Saddleback being an all-nation congregation, that's who we are. Mm. And uh, just love uh, the gateway city that it is and how we can actually do missions right in our backyard yeah. uh, globally. So it's really exciting. Yeah, you're <laughs> always cool. having people from all over the world moving into your community, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. like they're coming to you. It's still yeah. growing, it's still booming. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a principle that you should always uh, start churches where they're still constructing or building roads. Yeah. And hmm. literally in the Great Park and Portola and some That's of those areas, time. they're literally putting roads in there. So That's we, true. we feel like we're in a place where God is just uh, opening up uh, uh, a lot of opportunities to talk about Christ and, yeah. and how He can free us. Yeah. I love your your campus is like tucked right into the foothills too, so it just feels mm -hmm. nice because it's just like it kind of feels like Saddleback because it's got the similar Saddleback like mountain view that the Lake Forest campus has. I and it's such a nice. I love visiting there. Yeah, Northwoods. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. So. Uh, it's uh, we're blessed with the great facility, and I think you, you kind of talked about the origins of Saddleback right there. You know, uh, Saddleback Lake Forest uh, originally was not. Uh, yeah. in a building. It was right. actually in Lagoon Hills High School. So I tell people all the time, 
uh, we feel like we're doing exactly what Saddleback 1.0 was doing. We're probably at a 2.0 right. stage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Back to the Future every weekend, you know, kind yeah. of conjuring back to the 1980s. Uh, <laughs> we just have different hairstyles and yeah. the way we dress. Well, yeah, besides that, we love God and we love <laughs> uh, people and uh, we just want to see God known in that community. Yeah, love it. So anyway, if, if you're listening and or watching and you live in the Irvine area and you don't have a home church, you got to go check out Irvine North. Irvine All the information. El Norte. And if you go to yeah. Irvine North, special shout out to you. Yeah. All right. There yeah, there's some people out Make there sure yelling. Make sure say hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> say hi in the comments, yeah. All right, DJ, shall we? Yeah, we are super excited to have you on talking about yeah. some uh, myths that you've probably heard before, and we're going to get to debunk those myths. Yeah. That is what we're doing. We're taking Crush them down. That Crush myth. that myth. All right, yeah. uh, so the first myth we want to talk about today is yeah. money is the root of all evil. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the reality when it comes to money being the root of all evil is that... Um, it's actually uh, misquoted, mm -hmm. uh, and there's a scripture that talks about it um, in First uh, Timothy right there. It just says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered, wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows, First mm -hmm. Timothy 6.10. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with, not, uh, number one, we got to point out that it's the love of money that's the problem, not money itself. Yeah, so that's, that's point number one. Right. But I think a lot of people maybe react to it and make that statement, that myth number one of money is the root of all evil, yeah. uh, because they see a lot of abuse in society. They see that people mm -hmm. use it for their, their themselves. They see it uh, as, a, as a way for people to kind of make their own kingdom in this world. And yeah. so that's probably why there's a reaction and kind of an extremist statement totally. in that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the cool things about this series, guys, is that really what we're doing is uh, these are myths. Uh, but they're also places where people can receive healing mm -hmm. when they understand it in a better way. For sure. Yeah. I, I think you made a really important point. Love of money, being infatuated with money is a source of is a source of a lot of evil attitudes and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and it also says it's the root of all kinds of evil. Mm -hmm. So there's ne there's never this idea that all evil stems back to money. And we instinctively know that to be true, yeah. right? I mean, because if money suddenly didn't exist, evil would still exist. Yeah. Right, exactly. Or if we look at the biblical narrative, before money existed, evil already existed. So yeah. it's like evil predates money. There's no there's there's no truth in the idea that it's the root of all money. But we can certainly, as you said, look around and see that money has been a motivation behind mm -hmm. a lot of evil deeds that have been done and abuse right. toward other people and um, people trying to get control over one another and that kind of stuff. There's a lot of... Uh, evil that can come along with it, but it it's important, I think, for believers to have a balanced view about money, right? What, I think. Well, I just gonna say, I think sometimes people think of money as kind of the prime example of being of this world. Mm. Is they is they see money point. as like it, it's it's the like main thing is people are just trying to get money, money, money. And that's people's drive. It's like the ultimate resource. It's the ultimate of the world, resource yeah. of the world, and so I think a lot of people then take the complete counter approach and yes. saying, you know. Well, money is the root of all evil because yeah, it's the most thing of this entirely. world. Or yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. When that's not necessarily the case. So yeah. yeah, we know that money doesn't have any intrinsic moral value. It's yeah, it's, it's just right. it's just yeah. a tool. Yeah. Like it's just a thing that's used mm -hmm. in order to exchange goods. Yeah. It's no more evil than any rock can be evil or any tree can be evil. Um, it's all in the attitude that accompanies the having right. of money or the desire for money that that really determines. So it's it's the way we interact with money that is either good or evil, not yeah. the money in and of itself. Yeah, right? let me let me share an ex a quick example yeah, about sure. how Go for it. Um, God's just used not necessarily money, but um, uh, a resource that He's blessed our family with. Mm. Uh, recently, you know, within the last couple of years, we moved into a home because our mm. 
our uh, family was growing. Mm. And so we, uh, Irvine, if you guys know, <laughs> uh, you get less square footage for the dollar. You got to pay Melrose, all that stuff. <laughs> it's, oh, man. it's crazy. Yes. It's probably the most unaffordable place to live. So we had to actually move out of the city of Irvine and, mm. and we uh, got a place that, um, the bonus of it, I, we didn't go in thinking of it, was a basketball court. Like, oh, nice. It's a, a half court type of thing. And my son loves basketball, so that was the the thing that kind of took it over the, the level where we decided we're gonna we're gonna do this. Yeah. And uh, I joined a basketball league with him uh, and and started watching. Initially, I wasn't coaching or anything. I was just trying to kind of rest and let other people kind of step up. Yeah. But there comes a time whenever you <laughs> whenever you're part of a basketball league where everybody looks around. People don't show up at the first day, and they want the dads or somebody to to, yeah. to coach or something like Who's that. Who's gonna yeah. take over? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, my. Uh, my family was saying, "Hey, you know, you should you should do this, and we have this basketball court. You know what? What shouldn't you? You can even have practices there. You've mm -hmm. been talking about how it's so hard to get everybody together and these types of things. What yeah. about utilizing that? And so I kind of stepped up to the plate, and I encouraged the team to come over. And it's really amazing because that particular resource, right, that mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was going to have, uh, became a place where we were able to actually invite people over yeah. uh, for Monday night practices mm -hmm. and forge." Mm -hmm relationships with different people yeah and now they're telling us hey can we use your court like during the summer when we're off season and then come back yeah so it actually opens opportunities uh, there's a scripture uh in luke 16 9 it says i tell you use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves hmm. so that when it is gone you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings hmm. and that's what god's just recently done yeah. uh, through this basketball hmm. court so you know we're blessed so that we can use it as a blessing to others yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's an excellent point about how we relate to any resource that we have. That it, it can be used as a tool to do good to other people yeah. and a tool for God's kingdom. We can we can submit to God even in our having of money. We can prioritize mm -hmm. Him over our our relationship with and wealth. Money and is a good indicator of our priorities too. And we've talked about yeah, that big time um, back early, early on when we talked about loving God with all your heart. Yeah. We talked about how money can be an indicator of where your priorities lie, of where your heart lies. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, there's a there's a great passage that talks about um, Jesus addresses this issue of becoming infatuated with money. Uh, it's Matthew six twenty four. It says, "No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money." And I think we could even expand that statement to say, "You can't serve both God and anything else. Like God has to God has to be given primacy in everything, money included, other relationships included. We've got to make sure that He is our master." And that everything else and the way we relate to everything else has to flow out of God's kingship in our lives. Yeah, if we're right? not careful, money can become an idol. Yeah, and So it really totally. comes to not the outside behavior, but really what's at the heart. For sure. that's what God's concerned about. Totally. Right? So, totally. Don't want to be like a Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah. 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 Uh, but sure, yeah, a couple doables, right? Yeah. So every myth, we go over some doables. We don't just wait till the end of the episode. Um, so doable number one for myth number one. Uh, so, uh, learn how to break the grip of materialism by listening to episode 34. We talk about materialism. I think the title yeah. is, is materialism no good or something. Uh, materialism no more. No I think. more. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also I, at Saddleback, we have something called the financial freedom workshop. We encourage you to check that out. That's, that's how to, um, break the grip of money over you know that that it can have over you and it, it, it helps you to set a budget it helps you to not be in debt it's a really good workshop encourage you to check that out yeah uh we'll link to that in the show notes link yeah. to that in the show notes also want to say our team is working with our stewardship team on developing a generosity retreat oh yeah uh too and i think we have one coming up on this i don't want to 
Don't hold me to it, but I think we do. <laughs> we'll look into it, and if it does exist, it'll, it'll be, be in the, the show, show notes. notes. Yeah. <laughs> but awesome, I wanted yeah. to get that out there. Yeah, good. All right. I know you guys can't say it, but class 201, you learn about the antidote to materialism, so go. Oh, yeah, we talk we about do. it all the time. Oh, we yeah. Yeah. oh we're always tooting that horn, baby. <laughs> we're all about that. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's good, guys. Thanks Thanks for those thoughts. Let's move into myth number two. Let me put this one to you. This is this is a bit of an old adage that we hear going around that people just sort of say, mm-hmm. and it's one that... I think for a long time as a believer, I always scratched my head about thinking, and this was one that I was like, is that true? I couldn't really for a long time explain why it wasn't true, but for some reason it just, just struck me wrong. Mm. And it's, it's this, it's the, it's the idea that God helps those who help themselves. We've heard it in movies. It's just one of those mm. sayings. What do we do with that? Uh, yeah, so this idea is not in the Bible. just just getting that out there wow tell us how you really feel it's not in the bible at all so the bible does talk about the importance of making wise decisions it talks about having discernment it talks about um about wisdom yeah Yeah, um but it does not teach that god's help is only reserved for proactive people yeah and and so that's something that that we need to keep in mind you don't need to you know work for God's grace is yeah oh, that's yeah. important. Um, and so instead we learn that God's power is actually activated when people recognize and admit our weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, we see that all throughout the scripture. You see all these instances of people who who know that by themselves they can't, but with God they can. Mm. Um, and Paul talks about this uh, phenomenally in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He says, mm. but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Yeah, um, I just love the idea of power in weakness. Yeah, that is beautiful. It's something that I got to continually, you know, make sure that yeah. I'm, I'm not relying upon my own strength. Sure. And I think, uh, just like you said, Jason, one, one of the reasons why this myth is, uh, takes a big grip of ourselves, um, is because I think in a lot of ways, culture really, uh, influences a lot. Hmm. And us being in America, right? We're oh, yeah. really into rugged individualism, right? For sure. Uh, pulling ourselves up from the bootstraps. Mm-hmm. We're very self-reliant. And so this whole yeah. concept of relying upon God, anybody else except for us is so foreign. Yeah. Um, and I think when you look at, I think just look at the origins of that statement, right? Yeah. Um, it, it really comes to our founding fathers, right? Yeah. Benjamin Franklin, uh, I think it is uh, Poor Richard's Almanac mm-hmm. uh, in 1733. Uh, uh, look at you. Actually, yeah, dropping you know, knowledge. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, he, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so he he uh, he actually wrote this in in his uh, Richard uh, Poor Richard's Almanac, and we all uh, you may not know this or not, but he was actually a deist. Hmm. Uh, he believed that there was a god of some sort, but he believed that um, God created the world and just kind of took off, just disinterested yeah, God, yeah. and uh, just l- let human beings figure out how to like run this thing and progress and so forth. And mm. so when you have that type of theology or mindset about God, that he's kind of abandoned us, mm. then we're left to our own devices. Mm. And so you do have to kind of make it yourself. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it, it's really uh, takes away from this dependency yeah. that uh, followers of Christ uh, need to have where, yeah. we're, where we take our, our hands off the driving uh, steering wheel, I should right. say. Right, yeah. yeah. And that's an important point, right? Because because this verse in talking about power and weakness and relying on God, it doesn't mean that we can just take a passive approach to life. It doesn't mean that we're just going to sit back and say, okay, God, do what you, you know, 
yeah. do your stuff. I'm just going to go binge watch. And, yeah. you know, that that's not it. Instead, it's a call to recognize our own weaknesses, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and recognize them as opportunities to see God's power and goodness. And that's why if we think about, you know, one of the most popular verses you've heard probably is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. It's the through Christ that's the important part because yeah. it's, it's saying— because it, 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 it's not saying I can do all things by my own power. It's right. saying I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's through Christ that we get that strength. Yeah. And I think that's an extraordinarily important point. And, by the way, this is also how our salvation works as well. Mm. Ephesians uh, 2 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think, too, when we look at the New Testament, we look at the Gospels particularly, Jesus <clears throat> had the kindest and most helpful things to say to people who were destitute and knew it yes. than he did for the people who thought they had it all together. Mm-hmm. It was the people with the Pharisaic attitude who felt like they had everything right and they were sort of leaning upon their own adherence to the law and their own uh, abilities, their own position. It was those people that that Jesus spoke the most harshly and sternly to, but it was those who were weak and were poor and, said, and I need help. Like, who were rejected by society, yeah. who recognized their need for somebody's help. Those are the people that Jesus rushed to to help. Yeah. And I think it's important that we get that. I love what you said. It's, it's not like we can just... We don't get to... Um, stop participating in life and stop caring about making good choices and that kind of stuff. Wisdom is important. The whole book of Proverbs is geared toward the idea of making wise choices to build a good life. But there's also the reality that our own efforts um, eventually always fall short. We've got to rely on God. Yeah, uh, I think just, just to kind of uh, piggyback on some of what you're saying as well, guys, is that uh, that's why we need the church. That's mm-hmm. why we need community. You know, mm-hmm. we're going through a series right now at Saddleback called Purpose Driven Family. Yeah. We're focusing a lot of uh, nuclear family, but also has implications into God's family, right? right. Um, and a lot of times when we are in community with others and we've earned the right to speak into other people's lives, then all of a sudden we realize we're not the only one that yeah. is struggling with this right. and we can actually overcome uh, some of these blind spots that we have and, Absolutely. and uh, really move forward and grow and uh, build each other up and support each other. So totally. I just want to add that. That's, That's so totally true. right, yeah. That is so true. Um, yeah, so instead of God helps those who help themselves, the expression should go something like, like God helps those who recognize their need for him and their call for him, or in, and who call on him for help, right? Yeah. And, and And that's one of our big calls as believers is to call on Christ. It's it's the power of the name of Christ. It's it's recognizing that I I can't do this alone. I can't save myself alone and I can't just get through life yeah. alone. We're not supposed yeah. to. Lean not on your own understanding. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, let's let's talk about a quick doable. This one's a kind of a, a kind of a meditative doable, but uh, take a moment this week and just thank God for His promise to take care of you and to be with you in your time of need. Don't shy away from your need from God or or, or try to um, become so self-reliant that you push God out of your life, um, but welcome Him in and give thanks that He's there to help you when you're going through the toughest toughest seasons of life. You can trust Him when you need Him most, and yeah. I think that's an important key here. Yeah, and if you've been struggling and toiling trying to do things yourself— Stop it. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Say, God, I, I know I can't do this. I can't do this alone. It's not, it doesn't work. Who is it that said, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll Believe give you me, rest for your souls? I've been thinking about that. For, yeah. The, my yoke is easy. My burden's up, light. G- yes. I was, the entire time we were talking about this, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this, this passage is so important. Yeah. Because it's Jesus saying, uh, I'm, I'm watching you toil with your own, you know, and trying to do things on your own. Yeah. Uh, yoke up with me, yeah. for my way is easy, and the burden is light. That's good. Uh, and I will give you rest. So... Yoke up with Jesus. Doable. <laughs> Get right yoked. Do All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Myth three, Jason, you want to take us in? Oh, yeah. Uh, myth three. Uh, guys, maybe maybe you've heard this phrase before. I'll give you a hint. Not from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it says, to thine own self be true, or follow your heart. Yeah, that's probably like a more modern day translation. Follow your follow own heart. Your heart. Uh, yeah. It's the you do you mentality. Like, don't worry about anything else. Yeah. Just you, you do you. Stay true to yourself, that yeah. kind of thing. Have you guys heard of the unholy trinity? Uh, yes. Enlighten me. Me, myself, and I. Oh. Right? <laughs> Where it's all about self reliance uh, and, and uh, not relying upon God the Father, Son, or Spirit. Yeah, um, dude. Yeah. So totally right. It really, really nails us on the head right there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Jason alluded to it. It's this is not a mentality that's in the Bible. This is not taught. It's a Shakespearean idea, actually. It's from Hamlet. To thine own self be true is not. It's not a biblical thing. I feel like that happens a lot. Like anything written in Old English, it's the Old English, like, it's oh, it becomes sounds cool, must right? be the King James. Right? Yeah. It's like the lines between the Bible and just old poetry just sort of blur a little bit. Um, the question though is, is it good advice? And I think what we're saying here is. Uh, and actually, we're going to reference a verse here. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says that it's actually terrible advice to follow your own heart or be true to your own self, <laughs> thine own self. <laughs> it feels weird when you put a your own thine. self. <laughs> Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So, according to the Bible, following your own heart is one of the most destructive things that you can possibly do. Mm-hmm. Because the idea that is that ever since Adam and Eve, the human heart has been bent toward doing the wrong thing, toward doing evil. And at the very least, it's not trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And I think we all know this. Just a quick look at our own history would probably tell us this with a lot of clarity because we've all been hurt by somebody who was following their own heart, doing what they felt like was the right thing to do. And we've hurt people because we were doing what we felt like was the right thing to do. There, There are probably people listening right right now who lost a parent, a parent walked out mm-hmm. because they were following their heart. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of really, there's a lot of really tough stuff that's brought on by us doing what we believe in our own hearts is the right thing, rather than adhering to what God says is the right thing to do, yeah, living by His commands. A lot of it has to do with uh, our inability to, to bear pain. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't want to feel the consequences of our actions or these types of things because we've been taught that that you know this that that's just too much for someone of my stature or someone that that comes from my background or whatever it might be but really at the end of the day um uh sometimes god wants to allow for these things to take place so that they can shape our character Mm. Mm -hmm. and allow us to uh, gain wisdom ultimately at the end and i Mm. think it's it really goes against this whole instant gratification kind of uh, tendency that we all have we all tend to uh go ahead 
and uh, and make that decision because we don't want to sit in it for a while and really really go yeah. to God. So um, I hmm. think that's one thing we also struggle with impatience. I know the fruit of the spirits. That's one thing I always uh, you know you start naming them off, and then when it goes to patience and self control, those are the ones where I'm just like, oh man, I really need to work on that one. <laughs> Love, yeah. Joy, right peace, there. patience. That's awesome. Yeah, quiet. De-emphasize those. I love what you said about aversion to pain because I, th- I think that's a lot of where I think that's a lot of where this is really applied to people's lives is mm-hmm. they they would rather not have to give up the things that they love or that mm-hmm. they enjoy they would rather not have to mm-hmm. conform themselves to somebody else and by somebody else I'm talking to God we don't we don't mm-hmm. want to necessarily conform ourselves to God way God's ways we would rather uh, validate our own feelings and our own innate desires rather than conforming to anything else. And so we um, we adopt these phrases as a way of saying, I don't care what anybody else, even God, thinks. All that matters is what makes me happy. Right. And that is a... We talked about the golden rule several weeks ago in our relationship series, this teaching of Jesus that you ought to treat others as you want to be treated. And um, it's kind of the antidote to this idea. We can't all just go around living and doing whatever makes us happy. Because a lot of evil is done in, in, in because of that mentality. Jesus teaches us instead, be concerned with others. Be concerned with treating others the way you would like to be treated. Because if everybody did that, the world would be a completely different place. Right. Everybody would get their needs met. Everybody would be cared for. And so this to thine own self be true or follow your heart mentality gives us, I think we use it to give ourselves permission to do whatever we desire, no matter what it may cost others and no matter how yeah. detrimental it may be with our relationship with God or whatever. And what this phrase is, is a lack of surrendering to God. That's yeah. what it is. It's yeah. saying... That's perfect, it's yeah. Saying, it's saying, you know, I'm into my own thing, and this is what I want to do. Uh, God, I don't really care if you have a quote-unquote better pl- you know, plan. Mm, like, yeah. this, is, this is how I want to live. Yeah. And it's... So, yeah, it's... Yeah. And I think, bottom line, Jesus calls we who are believers to be holy, mm-hmm. not to do whatever we feel like doing, but to be holy. Be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. First Peter, uh, First Peter, chapter one, verses fourteen through sixteen. I'll read here just quickly. It says, "So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just." as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. So this is the ultimate calling in the life of the believers, to become like Christ, to be holy as our Heavenly Father is holy. And we can't, we can't become holy just by following our own desires, our own whims, our own hearts, so to speak, because they're just, they're just too broken. They're too unreliable. They will, we cannot rely on our heart and our emotional life and all that to carry us in the right um, spiritual direction. Yeah. I think this is a real big issue uh, for everybody, uh, but particularly with young adults or people that maybe haven't gotten married yet. I know I have, mm. I have conversations on the patio at Saddleback Church, Irvine North, with yeah. um, guys that have either recently broken up with their girlfriend or these types of things, and they don't mm. understand why that's happening. And yeah. a lot of times I um, tr- want to encourage them and want to get them involved, obviously, with with community to try to help them uh, go through that. But um, I know in my own experience, one of the things that I observed many times is that um, 
in, in, in some cases, I was actually more infatuated with the girl versus、uh, mm. really seeing if God saw a long term plan to、yeah. this. And I settled in a, in a lot of ways,、mm. right? That's the tendency is that we settle because we, we're fearful that maybe there won't be another person. Yeah.、Uh, we're getting older <clears throat> or these types of things.、Um, and I think that's, that's even a bigger issue sometimes, even for ladies too, is that、mm. wait, this guy might be the last opportunity I have, and I don't want to lose that. Yeah. And I know for my wife and I, one of the things that we've done, you know, I know we're going to be talking about、uh, the do's or the doables at the end, but one of the things that we've done as an exercise, spiritual exercise, whenever we come to a decision to overcome kind of that tendency to, to act first before、mm-hmm. thinking or praying,、mm-hmm. yeah. um, is we've actually fasted.、Mm, and、good. one of the things that has happened as a result of that is that God clears our mind. A little bit of some of the feeling or the, the propensity to act right away,、yeah. and actually lets us sit in it to the point where we make a more informed decision. I remember、mm-hmm. uh, before I met my wife,、um, I fasted with three other guys. We just decided to kind of just get serious and we, we didn't have food for three days, right?、Mm-hmm. Now, doesn't mean that everybody has to do the same thing.、Like、you can fast from social media, <laughs> there's a lot of different things、sure. that you can fast from, but we chose to do that. Uh, it was just liquid kind of a diet, you know. We just, and we're calling each other every like two hours. Are you okay? Like, what's going on? And these types of things. Did you just I, take a bite out of your yeah, phone? Yeah, like, right. Oh my goodness, it was bad. It's like munching right yeah, here. Yeah, what's that? You know, are you still on the phone? Yeah.、Uh, yeah. But I remember、um, I was actually、um, dating a girl that、uh, was actually、uh, not on the same page when it came to following Christ. When、mm. we first met each other,、uh, we were on the same page. We were both just kind of doing our own thing. And then God got a grip of my life right before、mm. I entered. Uh, the, the workforce, and she wasn't at the same place.、Mm. But I was still like so infatuated with her. I was、uh, emotionally involved with her.、Yeah. But when I fasted after those three days with these guys, I had no intention. But on July 4th, Independence Day, <laughs> God gave me the power. <laughs> Apropos. Yeah. God gave me the power to actually tell her, you know, we need to break things off. Yeah. And as it was coming out of my mouth, I actually couldn't, I, I was actually surprised that it was、mm. actually coming out and her、mm. jaw just dropped. Yeah. Because, Thank you. <laughs>、yeah. um, just like this mic just dropped. Let's give me a face. It, it dro- dropped because it was something that I couldn't have done on my own strength. Yeah.、Um, God had to give me that conviction and that power. And now I look back, and this past July 4th, That just passed、mm-hmm. by、uh, just a few days ago.、Uh, my wife took a picture of me walking with my three kids、uh, mm-hmm. on, on the beach,、uh, you know, here in Southern California and just said, my crew, right?、Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't have had have it any other way. Yeah. Because I know we're walking in the same direction and we're cheering each other on as we,、yeah. we want to become a purpose driven family. So、um, that's just another. I love the、uh, example. I love the example of fasting. And I, it didn't occur to me to bring that up in this、uh, part of the episode, but I think it's, I think it's an extremely important. Uh, it helps us combat this mentality because、mm-hmm. I heard it said a while back. I said it on the show a few weeks back, but I heard it said something that I thought was really profound about, about the practice of fasting.、Mm-hmm. That fasting is a Christian practice that helps us learn to tell ourselves no.、Mm-hmm. That it, it reinforces our ability to say, no, I'm not going to do that. No,、mm-hmm. this is my desire, but I will choose to act. In the way that is right, even if it's contrary to my desire. And I think the example of dating is a big one. I, I did the same thing. I, I settled and I,、mm-hmm. I stayed in relationships with girls that I should have moved on from because we weren't on the same spiritual page. But I think there's a desire in all, in all of us, and it comes out in different realms of life. But we sometimes have a desire for something good, but we want to take the shortcut to get it.、Mm-hmm. We don't want to have to do it in God's time. We'd rather do it in our time. So sometimes we'll, we'll take something for ourselves. Rather than waiting for God to give it to us in His own way、right. and according to His plan. So we sort of we take 
we take the reins, we sort of grab, we jerk the wheel that God should be driving, but we sort of try to take control back. And I think it goes, I think it's attached to a lot of fears of, is God going to hold out on me? Is God ever going to mm-hmm. do, you know, whatever. Um, but I think there's a, there's a real truth to what you said. Like we, we try to um, take for ourselves something that may be good, like a relationship is a great mm-hmm. thing and trying to build a life with someone is a great thing, but to do it in a way that is um, fueled by your desire rather mm-hmm. than by God's desire for your life is, is a big problem. We should note that we are going to be doing an episode on fasting later in the in the year yeah we will teaser yeah. there jason yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into that more because it's, it's one I of those just to hear all the questions like <laughs> yeah. talk more about fasting so it's coming fasting right. is a practice i think is very poorly understood yeah. in general by christians i think it'll be great to, to tackle that but anyway going mm-hmm. back to this myth breaking breaking this follow your heart myth this to thine own self be true i think instead of building our lives on what the whims of our heart, we should instead be building our lives on truth. Mm-hmm. And I think the saying would be better said, don't follow your heart, follow God's heart. Mm-hmm. Seek after what God desires. Make mm-hmm. make his will your made your, in God's image. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John 8, 31 through 32 says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if we want to become holy, if we want to live the life that God has built us for, we've got to follow Christ. We must obey his commands, yielding to him, not to our own whims, desires, um, and temporary kind of fleeting. And there's the great picture in John 15, too, talking about the vine and the branches, Mm -hmm. right? The vine that it's not connected, um, it withers and dies. You got to be connected to Jesus, the true vine. That's the only way that you'll have growth and live. Good. How about a doable on that one, Jason? Uh, of course, we got some doables. So here's a here's a great doable. This is a question. Ask yourself: Are you living by your own instincts or by the truth of God's word? Hmm. Um, <laughs> way to way to put it. Are you? <laughs> What's uh? Yeah. Hmm? Um, <laughs> guys. Okay. So start your day tomorrow by spending ten minutes reading the Bible, and asking God for wisdom and direction. In fact, maybe go and read John 15. Uh, I think that might be a, a great place to spend some time in. Good idea. Um, so, because the point of this is, is the more that you are connected to God, the more that you are connected to the true vine, mm-hmm. um, the less self-focused you are and the more God-focused you become. And, and to counter this myth of to thine own self be true, and to follow your heart. The goal is to make your heart set upon Jesus so that when you do f- follow your heart, it's following a heart that is bent on Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, and you'll only get there by spending time with him, by getting to know him, by obeying him, by following you know, him. And so spend some time tomorrow, 10 minutes, John 15. Yeah, 10 minutes ain't that much. Come on, you guys can do it <laughs> easily. You know, I think ultimately what all these three myths have in common if if we if we we're going to boil it down is really having faith in God mm-hmm. right but it part of the reason why we may struggle with that at times as well as uh, when we're in these kind of situations is that we don't understand how much God loves us yeah right yeah, and we, i know rick's been talking about that mm-hmm. a lot um at our church these is that our first priority as a follower of jesus is to actually embrace god's love in our life yeah. we love because god first loved us right and if we can only understand that and understand that not only is the bible the guidebook for our lives but actually his love letter to us yeah oh man our lives will be flipped upside down and a lot of these myths and false beliefs will start to subside and we'll really 
uh, be able to live uh, healthy lives. And so, yeah, um, yeah really, really, it, we're all we're all in process, and we're all on uh, on the same page, just wanting to support each other in that. Yeah, so. that's a good word, man. Yeah, DJ, thanks for joining us today, dude. Hey, yeah. you're welcome. Had a good time. Some of these myths. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, we'll get you back on the show real soon. We'll be praying for you guys in your campus. Appreciate it. All right, dude. All right. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We love you. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows, your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.